today on the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and your day at Indy. It's Thursday, friends. We're It's not quite Friday, Friday. J.R. Hildebrand, where you get to go quickly again <laughs> in your gorgeous, I always want to say number 24, but it's number 67, Dreyer and Reinbold, Salesforce-sponsored Chevrolet IndyCar. Carb Day action coming right up. I'm going to say thank you as always. This is a uh, certain company that has a beautiful alignment with your Dryer and Reinbold team. The Justice Brothers celebrating 75 years at the Indy 500. Also, Cooper Tires, they make the road to Indy go quickly. Plus, Bell Racing Helmets USA in torontomotorsports.com. So tomorrow you're going to get back on track, try and do very good things so you can go and win the Indy 500. Let's start, though, talking about everything leading up to Carb Day. I'm accustomed to seeing you going quick like a bunny. I don't know if I could make that statement totally based on how your Wednesday through Sunday activity went at Indy. Let's talk about that a bit, JR. This is always the variable that you try and defeat, but sometimes things don't go exactly according to plan. Tell us about that. I guess I would say I was really pleased with this year. So this year we came in, um, yeah, obviously the, the, the shortened schedule hasn't helped us, uh, any just coming here as a, you know, one-time entry. I think besides dragon speed, we're the only like non full-time team, um, that has, you know, no full-time cars basically coming here. So, um, you know, there's definitely, you know, we definitely, it takes us kind of like a couple of days, I feel like, to just really get in the swing of things and and really come to grips with, you know, we're, we're catching up on like a lot of little things that I think the other the other teams, particularly this year, you know, with the aero screen and kind of the impact that that has on the handling of the car, you know, we have a perspective on how that's going to change things. But until you get here and you actually get on track, you know, no amount of simulation can like really account for, you know, just getting in the car and feeling it and, and kind of understanding it, um, in those, in those terms. So, you know, the one thing that, that definitely hindered our speed a little bit on those first couple of days, but I'm really happy that we've been doing and it's something that we've, I think, you know, changed our mindset on from the last couple of years is we did not ever have like, we were matched fuel to tires every single run until we did, um, until we, you know, transition to qualifying stuff on Friday. So, you know, a lot of times you come out here and, uh, and we felt like this kind of bit us last year, um, that you come out and you just go do five gallon runs, you know, you, you know, put fresh tires in the thing, you're in race trim, go out, you know, do five laps at a time, go do six laps. I mean, it, it, there's a, it, my, my experience certainly has been over the years that a lot of times you're not actually filling the car absolutely full of fuel for a new tire run like you would on race day until you get to post qualifying practice. Um, which last year, I think it just gave us a, um, we thought we had a pretty good car when we were doing a lot of like half tank running um, out there in traffic and, and doing a lot of the same things that I think other teams do from that perspective. And we got to race day or we got to carb day and actually had the thing totally full of fuel or whatever that week of practice and then into the race and realized that just simply the difference between the balance that the car had on half tanks and new tires and full tanks and new tires was 
pretty significant. And then you're just like stuck with it for the entire stint. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, whatever the car is doing for the first couple of laps, um, you're, you're burning off tires on one end or the other a lot in those first few laps. And that's going to kind of dictate the balance that you're dealing with for the rest of the stint in the race. And so, um, you know, just some kind of procedural changes that we made to say, you know what, we are really going to not try to win practice here and focus on getting a clearer understanding, especially in this short time frame of what we're working with. Um, as we look to August 23rd race day, that's on that Sunday, um, was played a little bit of a role. And I think just where our speed was at earlier in the week, um, you know, and then, but then, yeah, in qualifying, um, you know, we just, we just missed and it's a, you know, I think it's, it's clear just looking at the timesheet that Honda definitely brought, brought a really good package at that 1.5 boost level, something that neither of the manufacturers, frankly, because of everything that's gone on over the last year, have had that much time to work on. Um, and then, you know, we drew 33rd. So we went out last, you know, we're sitting there, Elio's right in front of us in the qualifying line, you know, Simon had gone out maybe five or six cars ahead of us, you know, fell off quite a bit through his run. As soon as his runs over the Pennzoil guys just start cranking rear wing into Elio's car. We're like, Oh man, like, that's not a good sign. You know? Um, so, you know, there was some of those things that like, it just added a little bit of insult to injury, I guess, in terms of where we were at. But, um, you know, we had a, had, had some, you know, sort of come to Jesus moments after that, um, you know, working with our friends at Chevrolet and, and Pratt Miller and using as many kind of resources as we can just to kind of understand some of the little things that maybe we were not quite as up to speed on as a group Sure. and, um, felt better on Sunday. So we got another, you know, as we head into carb day, um, you know, it, it does, I, I know from being here over the last you know, decade now. Um, sometimes it doesn't take much to to get the car feeling racy, and um, that's that's what we're focused on. We're just focused on the handling of the, car, uh, of the thing at this point. See what we can make happen for race day. Bit of a obvious question to ask. Other than, I mean, a we're happy to see the Dryden Reinbold team get out to do something prior to the Indy 500. That being with your for teammate sure. Sage Karam, obviously. We shouldn't confuse that though with ah. Oh, teams just fully up to speed and running and they're rolling into the Indy 500, like all, you know, the full timers coming in since they did what one race with Sage or whatever the exact number one it was. But this is a year I would say JR with the new aero screen to figure out less track time than usual. This to me has really highlighted the difficulties for a, Indy only type entrant like dry and Reinbold. We've seen this with some of the other Indy only entrants. This is putting some crazy pressure on y'all to perform and match the others. Share some of the difficulties that have been unique about this year and trying to do this. It's already a hurdle when you do it any other year, but this year must be even tougher. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just, uh, it's interesting because we've, you know, I felt, I felt as clear as I've ever felt about, you know, what, what is the car doing? What, what do I need? What do we need to get it to do differently, you know, to extract 
some pace if, if that's the case or, or just, I mean, I've been really focused on just getting the thing. So it's, you know, the handling is consistent and kind of reliable and we know, we know which end's going off and we have something to throw at that. And so I can use the tools in the car and, and, and kind of, uh, have something to work with, um, you know, from that perspective. And it's been interesting, just, you know, you mentioned just the condensed schedule and, and, you know, running the road course race was great. I was, I think a great tune up for the team just to go run an event, but you know, it, it's so different in terms of what you're paying attention to, um, than it is on the oval. Um, might've been different if they had to run, you know, Texas and then Iowa or something from, from some perspective, you know, in, in some ways, just cause you're getting a little bit clearer feeling of, all right, you know, there are some of these things that just any oval track, the things that you're paying attention to and kind of prioritizing, you know, making sure that you're kind of in the right wind operating window and in, in these different, you know, ride hikes and, you know, you're kind of spring and, you know, roll package in the car and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you just look at those things a little bit differently, you know, road course to oval and, um, obviously the aerodynamic component of it's totally different on the super speedway. Um, and so, it, yeah, just to your point, it's definitely different. Um, having had those guys run, run the road course race and then, and then come in here, um, in the big scheme of things, we'd, we'd be more prepared if we'd have just had a test day, uh, you know, at, at Indy for a half a day, you know, um, compared to them running the road course race. I think from that perspective, just understanding more about the car and, and kind of what we need to pay attention to. And I think um, with the condensed schedule coming in here, in addition to all of those things that I, that I just mentioned, the difficulty that really or the thing that I started to notice that I've definitely noticed more this year than in years past was just, you know, how much more difficult it, it becomes when the schedule gets more, more tightened up um, just to kind of like, keep track of all of the things that you need to keep track of, yeah. you know, out here at Indy, there's so many, you know, it's the fastest you go down a straightaway anywhere. And it's like the hardest, the car's working kind of laterally through a corner on, you know, any, you know, big track because those things are, because the, the, the environment and the track and the conditions are so extreme, you would be dealing with a lot of heat. Um, you know, just the tolerances for how far you can be off without it really affecting something about what the car is doing, whether that's just how fast it's going or the way that it's sort of mechanically functioning around the track, um, become smaller and smaller. So the sensitivities on everything just go up. Wow. And, um, you know, and I think for us, that's, that's been, and it's no, you know, it's, it's no fault of, it's just kind of like the hand you get dealt with the way that everything's with the way that everything's worked to some degree, I think. But, um, you know, I, that's not something that I recall thinking that much about in the past, you know, you kind of come in and you'd say, Oh, you know, this or that was like a little pop. Well, we'll just, you know, put get the thing on the pad and take our time and get that sorted out make sure that's not going to be a problem. And then, you just kind of keep track of it throughout the rest of the, you know, rest of the week of practice. This time it's been kind of like, Oh man, like I feel like there's twice as many things that we're kind of realizing a little bit after the fact, like, Oh, maybe that wasn't quite where, you know, 
it just is having a, it's, it's been a little trickier just to kind of juggle all of that stuff. Mm. Um, you know, because there's a lot of components of it, you know, as you're getting ready for qualifying, there's a whole aero component and all this other stuff that's, that's unique to just running here, like stuff that you do here that you don't do anywhere else. Let's talk one or two other race items. JR, then I want to talk sponsor. We've been doing more of that on the good old day at Indy series, learning a little bit more about sponsors. And then we'll close on something pretty cool that you unveiled this morning. Been yeah. hearing the first day running on Wednesday uh, last week that, hey, maybe passing and sucking up on people and getting a good toe. And yeah, maybe that's going to be a good thing in the race with the new aero screen. Then that conversation changed a little bit on Thursday and Friday when folks were on normal boost. And boy, it sure kind of flared up. We had a lot of wind going on Sunday afternoon. What are your thoughts from inside the good old number 67 Chevy about differences year to year, 2019 to 28, uh, 2020 with the aero screen, whether it might make passing more of a challenge? Uh, what are you thinking? Um, it's a good question um, that I'm not. I'm not certain. I, I know, I, I definitely don't know for sure what the answer to that is. Um, last year I thought it was super challenging just as it was. So I don't anticipate it being harder than it was last year. Personally, for us, at least I don't anticipate it being harder than it was last year. Um, you know, one of the things that's definitely still present, and I think this started in, you know, once we went away from the manufacturer arrow kits, which were, you know, just kind of by design, by the way the rules were written, they were just going to end up being really efficient. No matter what they looked like or what anybody thought of that or whatever, they were super aero efficient at the speedway. And so, you know, the difference between running behind, you know, having one car in front of between you and clean air and four cars between you and clean air and 10 cars between you and clean air was like not, it was almost just kind of like, okay, it got a little harder every car, every further car back in the train that you were to get by the car in front of you. Um, then when the, the new kit came out, um, just, you know, creating like, a, I don't know, I, I don't know any of this from kind of like seeing CFD or wind tunnel data, but the, the sense of it definitely is that you're just much, uh, a much higher amount and kind of degree of the effect of turbulent air the more cars back you are. So when you're just behind one car, it's kind of like, okay, this seems pretty straightforward, but then difference between one car back and four cars back and 10 cars back is like, Oh my God, like this is suddenly becoming really difficult. Just being a few car, having a few cars in the train ahead of you. Um, and so I think that's the thing that a lot of guys, you know, it's that we're, that we're kind of talking about, um, you know, my experience with it in practice, you know, this year has definitely been, you know, we're going to have to run. I think race day is looking like it's going to be about as hot as, as it's been for a lot of practice. I mean, everybody will have some, you know, I, I expect at least at this point, you know, that everybody will be running at least some wicker on the rear wing. Um, you know, you'll be trying to just like hunt for some efficient downforce to get through a run and try to run as close as you can to the guy in front of you through, through the corner. Um, you know, we saw some cars out there, the Ganassi guys were running the full span rear wicker, which is like a super inefficient thing from a drag perspective, but they were like 
right on guys, you know, coming through turn two and turn four, sometimes right on them coming through the corner and then still couldn't make the pass at the end of the straightaway. But um, it's going to be a lot of late passes, you know, into corners. I think the biggest thing is just going to end up being, you know, can you, once you get into, once you're in a train of cars, um, you know, guys in front of you are going to, they're going to have at some point, like a little, you know, hesitation lift at the exit of turn two or turn four, where however, kind of like the wind is working, you know, where they pushed a little too hard, were a little too close to the car in front of them, get a little bit too much scrub, have to get out of it right at the exit of the corner a little bit. You're going to really, it's, it, it's going to be at a premium that you're ready to take advantage of those moments when they happen, I think, um, because it's definitely, um, it's just generally not easy. Uh, to be close enough through the corners to to just outright kind of suck up and and blow by. I do think one of the things that I noticed while we were out there is like once you get within sort of like three or four car lengths when you're when you're when you've kind of blown through that turbulence bubble, um, cars do suck up pretty good like for that last little bit. So um, you know I'm certainly. I'm hopeful. I'm still optimistic. I think I have to be optimistic starting where we are, but I'm still <laughs> optimistic that we can get, we can get the thing handling well enough just mechanically that, you know, you don't have to be quite as reliant on the arrow to get the thing through the corner and, and hopefully, um, you know, can be, can be able to put the car in that kind of sweet spot when you need it. I feel really bad. Cause I'm going to have to dole out the first day at Indy fine of 2020 <laughs> Hildebrand as a guy who has a pair of custom screen printed vans shoes that you wear with the likeness of the great at one of our mutual heroes, Dan Gurney. The fact that you referred to that piece that goes on the rear wing as a wicker. I mean, that's just, yeah, there's a fine, an absolute fine yeah, being yeah, handed down enough. all American yeah. racers. Uh, you'll be getting something in the mail. You'll be getting some testy <laughs> words from Kathy White and Justin Gurney there, pal, whatever. Oh Lord. Uh, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about Salesforce. I have what? an idea of what they do. I know that they're local to us Bay area boys here. I know that they love you and support the heck out of you. I know that there are drivers uh, who would certainly love to have their sponsorship and maybe, you know, would seem to be of the belief that they'd be better off having it than you. That tells me you got a pretty good relationship uh, with that company. Tell us about this. And I know you and the CEO locked in on what you're trying to do together with this program, but also just uh, in so many other ways as well. Yeah. I I mean, it's been, it it has been a really cool partnership to be a part of, Um, you know, obviously being from the Bay area uh, you know, the fact that they're headquartered in in San Francisco um, and, and Mark, you know, the Benioff family is, is local there. He's like a third or fourth generation, I think San Franciscan. So, um, you know, definitely got, got some ties back there and um, you know, really for Indianapolis, the, the kind of just, Next to that and having some, some common ground, um, you know, their second largest, you know, domestic employee base is here in Indy. Um, so they, some, some kind of fun little like tie-ins from the whole thing. Um, Salesforce acquired a company that was here called exact target, um, a number, you know, a few years ago, who was founded by another friend of mine, Scott Dorsey, who's gone off and started his own, um, you know, uh, 
software as a service like kind of startup studio here here in Indy, which is another like cool entity and, and cool kind of tech hub here here in Indianapolis. But Exact Target really started like this tech movement, um, you know, particularly kind of like marketing cloud services here in Indy. Salesforce acquired that company, uh, kept it here, added a bunch of employees. So really, you know, reinvested in that, uh, you know, in that acquisition here in Indianapolis. And, um, you know, it's it's been a really cool thing last year. Last year, and I'm missing out on this this year for sure. You know, last year we not only had, you know, a ton of Salesforce employees out here on race. Like I want to say they had, you know, they had like hundreds of seats. Dang. Um, you know, in the grandstands, but, um, they had their global like trailblazer day. So trailblazers in the trail, in the Salesforce ecosystem are folks that, you know, learn, um, all of the, learn the Salesforce platform and, and kind of like all of the different software components and then either get placed or just get hired by companies that use the Salesforce software platform basically to help integrate into that company. So they're kind of this like kind of cool go-between that, that Salesforce has created this awesome community around. Um, they had their global trail trailblazer day here in, uh, I, you know, if you see my race suit, it looks like a black hoodie um, and it says trailblazer across it. So those folks, if you know, if you're walking around downtown San Francisco, you'll see a lot of those same black hoodies. Um, they, uh, their trailblazer day was in Indianapolis during the month of May um, and so all of those people were out at the track, uh, Mark Benioff, a bunch of the, you know, bunch of the kind of high level execs from Salesforce, you know, we're out here checking the whole thing out, you know, it's, it's a, it's a massively data driven company. So, um, I fit right in like into the kind of like data tribe of, uh, of what they were doing, thought it was so cool to learn about just what was you know, how we look at that stuff, how we use that type of information, the, the integration, you know, from like a human perspective in terms of how we look at it and how we use it and how we do all that stuff, um, you know, it was a really cool thing. So it's on the one hand, definitely like an awesome partnership to have just for with the home office and, and HQ. Um, Colin Fleming, former, you know, Red Bull young driver, um, also a Bay Area guy, uh, is it has worked for Salesforce now for a number of years. He's, um, I, I want to say he's like, he's high up the food chain for sure in their, um, you know, just kind of creative, creative and marketing space over there. Um, he's been kind of running point and helping, you know, all of this stuff. So it's just, it's just been cool. It's been, there's like a lot of great people that we've, you know, been able to kind of link up with within the company who get excited about this whole thing. Um, and then, you know, obviously having, such a huge presence here in Indy. Um, Salesforce Tower is, you know, the tallest building here. So um, just, you know, all, all kinds of good, like, kind of tie-ins and and just been a fun company to be able to be a part of. I think it's it, it's been interesting for me from that perspective as I've become, you know, a little bit more involved in just what they're, what you know, what they do and, and becoming more aware of what they do on the company side and, and having some of those conversations that are a little bit deeper just in terms of like, I don't know, like, what is there, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to push these things, but maybe, maybe I, maybe I bring some unique perspective from what I've done, you know, over the course of my career to some of their conversations in automotive and otherwise. Um, can I ask, you know, just, to, just cause I'm being a little dickish. More more. No, can I, can I yeah. ask, you don't have to answer, but you know, we always, try to get a little bit spicy when we can. 
uh, we're not going to talk <laughs> names or any of that. But how do you, as a professional race car driver, this is part of how you earn your living, right? You do other things, but this has certainly mm-hmm. been the, the primary portion of how uh, Jerry Hildebrand looks after himself, his wife, his household, etc. How do you react? How do you handle the situation when you learn another driver? And I'm not just talking generic. You actually know exactly who it was, was doing their best (laughs) to take your sponsor off of you. Uh, And so, again, we're we're not going to get into names. That's going to be saved for the the Hildebrand autobiography. But this it's not like this never had didn't happen for the first time with you this has happened you know since the first motor race i'm sure mm-hmm. how do you yeah. deal with that and i know for a fact that it's not someone who's in the field uh but how do you deal with that because this is a small community and you could either go buck wild or i don't know how you deal with it but uh mm-hmm. you're human <laughs> that's true um well, yeah, like you said, this did happen. This is actually a very specific example of this happening. Um, that I'll keep names out of it too. But uh, like we, I got a, I got an email. Just Colin and I both got copied on an email, kind of out of the blue. Um, that it, it, the 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 email request that kind of like gave this whole thing um, just got forwarded from Salesforce, like directly to us. Um, which was kind of funny in the first place, just cause you know, I think that probably, uh, threw a lot of cold water on, on the, uh, you know, way that this was going to get responded to just in the first place. Um, but yeah, I took it up and, and, uh, reached out to said nameless person and, um, just wanted to make sure that they understood kind of, what was, what had, what it, cause it, that, it didn't come directly from them. It came on from somebody on their behalf. Um, and, uh, and once that was, you know, kind of established, um, just a, a stern, um, reminder that that's not, uh, not really not the right way to go about doing things here in, um, in sports world. So, um, Thankfully, nothing, nothing, uh, no fisticuffs that was required, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's the first time I've had it happen to me. You you definitely know that it goes on elsewhere, but, um, you know, these are desperate times, I suppose. So, you know, there we go. Let's close on something that I thought was really cool. Uh, I, I guess we'll have to wait and see if there are any other drivers that unveil something similar with their helmets prior to Sunday, you normally have something really cool in terms of a custom Indy 500 livery. In the past, we've seen airbrushed exhaust pipes and flames coming out and all manner of things paying tribute to heroes and such. For those who haven't seen what you posted on social media, I guess social being the word here, tell us about the concept and inspiration or going in a social direction with your helmet. I guess there's a part of me this year that that definitely is is more aware than ever. Just recognizing, I guess that that we're we're all like 
here, here and a part of what's going on, whether we ask to be or not, you know, I think as, as race car drivers or as, as athletes or within sports, you're trying to just tune out the distractions. And, and so by way of doing that, you're kind of just like tuning everything out. And I think this is a time more than ever that I have felt strongly that I don't want to do that. It's not really who I am when these things are going on that, that I care about. I felt like this was, this is like my platform, you know, running at the Indianapolis 500. If, if people are following me on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, like it's probably because I'm racing here, you know, and I've been doing this for 10 years. And um, this is a chance for me to be thoughtful if I can, uh, for, for, to try to be thoughtful, if it comes off as being thoughtful, um, and, uh, and to express some things that I, I care about in terms of what's going on right now. And in terms of what is going on right now, what is it that I'm, what I'm talking about? You know, we've talked about this, you know, a little bit over the last couple of months, you know, along with recognizing and becoming immediately really like grateful at the beginning of this, the kind of pandemic and, and its response here in the U S just that I do not, you know, face a lot of these, you know, financial problems and otherwise the same way that that's clearly so many other people are, um, also realizing, you know, as the protests started to break out after George Floyd's death, starting to dig in and having the time to really consume all of this and doing so with being able to having the time to pay more attention and be more open-minded and listen to more different viewpoints and, and really soak in everything that was going on and everything that's being said from, from a lot of different perspectives and trying to you know understand that for myself. My feeling after all of this has just been, I am lucky. I'm super fortunate just to not face a lot of this difficulty, like the fact that I don't just naturally have this instant empathy and outrage is realizing that that's because these are not things that like are going to happen to me. You know, these are things that are happening to other people and they're happening for a reason. And so to me, I, as I've taken a step back from all of that, you know, there's a lot of things that I, you know, I could put on my helmet that would say something about that. But what I landed on here was rights, justice, and opportunity. Now, I kept my name purposefully on the top in the American flag, which was from my first painted helmet. Uh, it's been there like that. And the reason I put rights, justice, and opportunity is because to me, those are really like, those are the, the core principles of what we believe America to stand for and be about. Mm. If we are really to believe that, and if that is the America that we all intend to be a part of and, and believe ourselves to be a part of, we have to make sure that those things are given access and, and, and available equally. And I think what we're, what we're recognizing here is that while there is always progression, you know, in that direction, I mean, I don't view what's going on right now to be in the opposite direction of that somehow. I think it's just like a, a moment of awakening, like, hey, these things still are not accessed equally by everybody. You know, we clearly, while we may have the same rights on paper and we may all be a part of the same, we may all be judged by the same justice system. And you can say that you know, we all as citizens of the United States, you know, whatever, if we're citizens or whatever, have access to opportunity here just because of that. The fact is that it's more complicated than that, clearly. 
and that not everybody is being treated equally um, in those three sort of core areas. Zero to do with politics. Zero. This is human life. The topics you're discussing, rights, justice, opportunity, these are things either lavished upon or lacking. The items you're discussing, the fact that you want to bring something that you find important in life into your profession, um, I appreciate that and think that this is one of those things that indeed is valuable in our sport as it have evidenced by Penske Entertainment deciding seven months into their formal ownership of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in the IndyCar series that they wanted to start a program of their own, the race for equality right. and change. Zero politics, strictly about the, <laughs> the large letters that you have chosen to print on your helmet uh, to represent you while racing this year at the Indy 500. It isn't a, a political thing, and, and I guess I don't even view it through that lens. I think it's more just when I think about all of this, I, I just kind of sit back and say, hey, look, like I think we can all agree that this is what this country really was. These are the fundamental things that this country was built upon. We need to be here in this moment with our eyes open to recognize that we're not all the way there. Like we still have some work, to, we still have work to do. And that if we do that work, and we elevate everybody, then we're not going to have to worry about, you know, the future of this country. I think just where my head's at right now. And um, I'm excited to be able to say something, you know, here at, you know, what, what to us certainly is still the biggest race in the world. Close with one question on this topic, JR. As I mentioned the opening of this, we don't, we'll, we don't know. We'll see if and what some of your rivals do here on Sunday, if they have some messages of their own on a helmet or a fire suit, whatever it might be, who knows? If by chance they don't, if you are the one and only in the field of 33 in a year and a time where social uprising calls for social justice have, that is exactly uh, what we will be remembering uh, among the top two or three or four items when we look back on 2020. Will you be saddened, surprised, happy if you're the only one, quote, willing to go there? You know, I don't know. I guess that's a good question. I, I guess the way that I'm feeling and, and kind of just looking at this whole thing is, is I just know that I, I was going to be pissed if I, I was going to be bummed like at myself if I didn't, if I didn't do something, I didn't say something. Um, and, um, you know, it's so prevalent in, in, in other places, you know, look at like what's going on, what the NBA is doing, you know, major league baseball, um, you know, we've talked already about kind of like NASCAR having, having its, its moment with all of this and, and kind of continuing to, to rally around, you know, uh, everything, you know, things that are going on with Bubba and, and Formula One kind of the same with Lewis Hamilton's energy, you know, right at the center of that. Um, you know, I, to me, it's neither here nor there to be totally honest with you, whether I'm the only one doing this or whether everybody rolls out with something, um, you know, and does it, I just think, um, you know, to me, I felt like whatever, whatever that outcome was going to be, um, you know, I felt like I wanted to say something. So, you know, from that perspective, uh, in terms of what else anybody else does, that'll just be whatever it is, you know? 
let's just be really thankful, JR, that Robin Miller is not driving in this year's Indy 500. Because if he had to put three words on his helmet, oh, Lord, uh, gambling, uh, pork tenderloin, and a third one, which I know exactly what it would be, but it would be quadruple X-rated and uh, absolutely taped over by uh, race director Kyle Novak before he pulled away from the field. Yes. Well, Robin. Yeah. I mean, look, come on. What are you uh, going to do? Good luck. We'd love ourselves some Robin Miller. Alrighty, my man, took way more of your time than expected, but thank you as always. Obviously, hoping you have a awesome Sunday. Can't wait to see how you, the Dryan Reinbold team, and your mighty number 67 Salesforce Chevy, turn that grid upside down, man. You're on the front row uh, if you do that. Otherwise, go charge forward and have a good day. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.